hell's in there? It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man! Game over! What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. You want to hear my latest pitch for a Jordan Peele horror film? Oh, oh my lord. Does it involve somebody drinking a cracking open a Bud Light? <laughs> Not this time, no. No, so somebody goes to an idyllic small town mm. and it turns out all the local food choices that everyone recommends is amazing as shit. Because that's what I've just been through. It was like a oh. fucking Jordan Peele film, oh. without the without the obvious America's a racist fucking uh, hellhole. Or did they make the food shit just because you're an underprivileged middle aged white man, and it's against you, man? Those targets are on you, man. <laughs> nah, it's just look. I don't know what they call them around the rest of the world, but a banh mi, the Vietnamese roll. Uh huh. It shouldn't come with mayo and sweet plum sauce. Oh, that's yeah. an unusual. Yeah, to to quote to to quote the Italians at school, it's for doggers. <laughs> I imagine it's the kind of restaurant. Was it just like was it being run by like a middle aged man, Marlon Brando esque, no. in the middle of a breakdown? No, no, it was a Vietnamese family, and mm. everyone was raving about it. You got to go to this Vietnamese shop; it's amazing. Go oh. there, go there. I'm like, okay, big fan of uh, big fan of Vietnamese food. Let's have a go. Yep. And they'd clearly had to change the food to meet the local palate. Oh, do you think because so like- gone was the sriracha, gone uh-huh. was the the coriander or cilantro, depending on where you are. Gone was the chili, the liver pate in its place. Mm. Fucking craft with a K mayonnaise and sweet pork spare rib plum sauce. Yuck. <laughs> Okay, look, that's um, – thanks, Gordon Ramsay, um, for that. <laughs> I know it's make a shit horror film, but if you just had enough of a brooding soundtrack – Yeah. And, like, you know, those long, drawn-out anamorphic shots of the Wild West, where I was. I'm just, like, the plum sauce slowly being – Yeah. While a, while a Vietnamese woman who's killed her own soul <laughs> but is, like, clearly making a lot of money from the local doggers – do you think it was like it proved like they went to open the store and like the people down at like council were like, there better be some bloody plum sauce on this. Oh, can I have some uh, bulk spare ribs with plum sauce, please? There's a Vietnamese food. Oh, okay. Well, can I have your sweet sizzling chow mein? And they just would have been like, fuck, where are we? Oh, God let's damn it. go. Let's go to the local bulk food supplier and get the tubs of gravy because that's <laughs> where we are. But I've seen it again growing up in like a small town. Yeah, yeah. we'd have it. Like there would be one um, – we had like for ages we just had like one Chinese restaurant and they pretty much had to do it to accommodate yeah. the town. And then you would go any other place other than your yeah. town and you're like, what? This isn't Chinese food. Where's the Heinz ketchup? Yeah, yeah. Do you, know, do you remember the, the classic country town lemon chicken? Yes. Do you know what lemon chicken is made with? Oh, do you know what that lemon sadness chi- and regret? Do you know what that lemon chicken sauce is? Oh, it's going to be horrible. It's no. just fucking cordial that's been reduced. So you, just no. put it, so you just put it in a pot and like reduce it by about a third and it thickens up. 
Or if you're even lazier, you just put some corn flour in it and there is your lemon chicken sauce. Get out. L- fucking Coddy's Cordial. Are you shitting me? Nah. Oh my. Oh my God. Okay, everyone drop what you're doing right now. Rush to the kitchen. Get some like <laughs> Coddy's Cordial and some corn flour and let us know yeah. how your uh, vegan faux chicken works out. <laughs> my bro- my former brother-in-law came out because he was a kitchen hand at the local Chinese restaurant. Yeah. And he like came home like, prepare to have your minds blown. <laughs> and he revealed all the secrets. We're like, get fucked. Oh, my, do you think the people in the Chinese restaurant were just like laughing as just of every time Whitey would come of in to buy they their cordial and chicken? good on them. <laughs> good on them. I went to the – see, this is the thing. Like I'm, I'm in this town, which I won't name, um, and fuck me, Dad. Like it's got a reputation for being a gourmet paradise. It is, <laughs> it is from who? Well, the people in the town clugging the cordial? It's, it's – no, they, they are a recognised tourist district. Mm-hmm. Anyway – couldn't get into like one of the decent places to get food last night. I'm living out of a hotel for work. Uh-huh. So there is a service station on the highway, uh-huh. which I've been told by the locals, like go in there and get it. They've got really good curry. Uh-huh. This is where my horror film now takes place at night. Uh-huh. You know, lonely service station, single attendant. <laughs> so I go in there and they've got a selection of six curries and they look legit. Mm-hmm. They actually look pretty decent. And, you know, the test is... Is it a bloke behind the counter with thick glasses whose name is Neil, who has an obvious scar on his head from the previous assaults that he's been in? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Did, did Neil make these curries? If not, yeah, shove them up your ass. Yeah. yeah. No, no. There was a, there was a gentleman from the subcontinent. Excellent. And he was very keen for me to try his curries. Excellent. I bought the curries. Yes. They are one hundred percent dogified. <laughs> Dogified plum sauce and cordial again? No, no. So the, I got the the madras and mm. oh man, it just had zero spice, zero flavor. Well, no, that, I mean, yeah, that's just that's accommodating for the whiteies. That's accommodating. That's what I mean by dogger. I'm not suggesting yeah. they put anim, like dogs in their food. Yeah. Dogger is an old um, Greek and Italian slur against white people for eating out of tins. Truck driving Keith, who is on a 36-hour methamphetamine express from Perth to Melbourne, yeah. okay, doesn't want to be dealing with your bullshit, okay? He wants butter chicken. <laughs> a fried egg. He wants butter chicken. He wants naan bread. Even though he knows naan means bread, he's still asking for bread bread. <laughs> he wants fucking butter chicken and a, a fucking oak iced coffee. Yeah, I'm straight. Yeah, and a mango lassie. And that's what built this country, you communist. Yeah. But I thought I'd I thought I'd like go for the I'd go for broke, so I got the uh-huh. madras, a combination like the little little hillock of rice. Uh-huh. I got the combination of the madras and yeah. the goat. Yeah. The goat curry. Because you can't get wrong with a goat curry. How fucking wrong I was. Unless you're a goat. Yep. Well, yeah. And you're acknowledging you're a vegan, goats in this country are not farmed, they are fucking shot. Yes. Yeah. And that's good. No. Well, it's better than being farmed. No, we should. It, it would be better if we just waved at them from a hill as they went about on their life, and we, you know, what ate going our about their life means in Australia. Faux sour pork sandwich. Going about their life in Australia means destroying fragile habitat. No, we give them their own little hill. They can have okay. A, okay. They can have their own little hill. Okay, no one's going into a goat refuge and shooting them. They're going up into the Flinders Ranges and saving a national park. Anyway. No. They're not. They're cruising up and down the barrier highway in the road to like Broken Hill where the lovely goats are just like, oh, fucking have you by the side of the road. Seriously, the last time I went up there, or the 
as I was driving. Yeah. All the way up, my dad was like, be careful of the goats. Watch out for the goats. And I'm like, yeah, like I know how to drive on a country road. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm a country girl. And he's like, nah, look out for the goats. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, like what? He's like, no, nah, you know. Anyway, as I got close to like, oh my God, I reckon I was about 20 minutes out of town. I just came around this corner. Yeah. Okay. Luckily, because I'm smart, I know it's a bit of a blind corner. So I had slowed down. I come round the corner. It was like the fucking goat apocalypse. Oh, wow. Picture the walking dead, you know, where people walk into the streets and it's just, you can't move for zombies. That, but with goats. Wow. And I'm like, holy shit. So I am now down to like a crawl and the goats are just like, yeah. Just casually, like, strongly across the road. And there was just one goat that just stood in the middle of the road fucking looking at me. And you know what I did? What? I fucking locked my car doors. It had a fucking look in its eye. It was going to come and fucking stab me. And I just waited for it to move on. Well, you stopped your car? Yeah. You didn't see this goat. This goat was going to fucking shank me. It was going to be like the fucking Terminator. It was just going to get on the roof and just power punch its way in if I tried to like start a game of fucking chicken with this big male ram. It was clearly in charge. You know, if you you haven't seen your car from the outside, <laughs> it really should instill fear into animals. It looks like it's hit a few. <laughs> I know that's just neglect. You know, having micro naps because fucking work works me to the fucking bone. Yeah. All right. No. And I know my car is the size of a tank because it's an older model. That's a good thing. That's a Toyota. It'll never stop. It will never stop. Except when there is a giant fucking ram giving, I'll fucking have you come, vibes on the road. (sighs) It's the only thing that'll stop me. We need to get you an old Chrysler. Something made of I-beam steel. No, and like I just I respect nature. I know where I am, you know, on the flow chart, and that ram is above me. Anyway, anyway, I get the goat curry. Yes, I get back to my hotel room, which, funnily enough, is a two like from the outside. It's a two story hotel. Okay, the, enti- the entire top floor was fake. <laughs> so like, what? there's a window with a light in it. No, but you can't get to it. it is- so it looks like a chalet. Like is it, looks, is, is yeah. it like Blazing Saddles? Is it just like the front of a building, but behind it there's just plywood pretty keeping much, it up? Pretty <gasps> much. No. It had curtains and like an ornate light. And I'm like, oh, look at this. This is beautiful. It's going to have high ceilings or a second floor. Nope. <laughs> nope. Oh, my God. That's fucking fantastic. It had a low ceiling and a single chair. Oh. oh life on the road. <laughs> They know the single assholes who come in here and just get their goat curry and cry. The room smelled like someone had just freshly taken a shit. (laughs) It was fucked up. You're in truck driving country. I was in truck driving. And then I went to the bathroom and had a look, but it still had like the the seal on it. Mm. Like, oh, some ghost has come in here. Or the cleaner has just done this dirty fucking wet shit fart. Or it's like that shitty like anthology movie where somebody has just cut a hole in the bottom of the bed spread thing, like yeah. the bed base, and it's just taken a giant shit in the hole that they've cut out. And it's just like, I'll leave it. It'll take weeks before they find it. It's like the people who put prawns in the curtain rods. <laughs> well, someone did something. Someone shat in a curtain rod, someone, I'm calling oh, it. Oh, yeah. I get into my curry. Uh, it is 90% bones. 
Oh. And not like big ones. Like I'm used to that, like where you'll get like a whole thing and like the meat. No, yeah. like it's like they've – it's like Kuse Hussein has fed a soccer player through a piece of – I was going to say of, missing backpacker yeah. bones. Yeah, it's like someone's rented a chipper shredder mm. and fucking Fargo style made my curry. I'm just going to say if you – because, you know, that's the big thing. Like, killing somebody is fine. It's that whole how do I dispose of the body without being, you know, sent to court, you know, and having to go to jail. Boo. We've been through this before, but how would you do it? You know, well, well now I'm thinking I need to buy an, you know, an Outback truck stop um, <laughs> and, and put a shitty finger waggle goat curry on the menu is what I'm thinking. Oh, God, yeah, I had fucking... Out, out, who's the guy from Wolf Creek? <laughs> Outback Mick. Outback Mick's fucking Wolf Creek curry. Because I'm eating that thing. I just just like when I take a shit, it's going to look like a vulture has been here. And there's just going to be like owl skulls and mice skeletons coming out of me. Oh my god, you're going to find out that like goat is just the colloquial term for backpacker in that neck of the woods, or a person who leaves bad Yelp review for, for their <laughs> fucking barn me shop. <laughs> The last person who objected to the sweet and sour pork roll. <laughs> and if oh. you're listening to me describe that pork roll, you're fucking wrong. If you're thinking it's good, nah, you're fucking wrong. Yeah, but did you say anything or did you just shut up and eat it like a bitch? I smiled politely and ate it like a bitch. <laughs> Story of your sex tape. Woo! <laughs> I ate it like a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? That's so... Yeah, I know it's that kind of. Let me let me give you a it's cheers. Bud Light time. Yeah. Except it's non-alcoholic. Oh. Because I can't be trusted with booze. <laughs> you were Kid Rock, apparently. Oh my God! Do you know what I think? Because we talked about this last week. Kid Rock went out, you know, onto his yeah. parents' estate to shoot the cans of Bud Light. Um, with the assault rifle. Yeah. Do you know what I think was the main thing that we learnt from that footage? I don't know if you've you seen it yet. No, it can't be fucked. The main thing that we've learnt from the footage actually is Kid Rock can't shoot for shit. Oh, really? Well, he never went to school. Like, he... <laughs> but a bomb. No, literally, he is like four feet away from three cases of Bud Light. I swear, he it's like he he misses two of them. Really? He's such a shit shot. Like, you just watch it and you're like, no, with an assault rifle that close, you should have done so much more damage Yeah. Um, to those cans of, of Bud Light. But did you see oh, the latest oh, moment in the Bud Light controversy? No. Bud Light has got Seth Rogen to have a sip of that Bud Light. Have they? <laughs> He sucked it down on his podcast with a little, eh, I don't know, see what all the kerfuffle is about. Seth Rogen or Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan, I should say. Yes, Seth Rogen, it wouldn't matter. You notice that, can you? Are you watching the Kid Rock? Yeah. How shit is that? What the fuck, dude? How do you miss so many of the cans with an assault rifle when you are right in front of them? That's. I'm going to play that again. Okay. That's... What does he even say? He looks like such a fucking tired truck driver. <laughs> Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all of you and be as clear and concise as possible. Uh, 
Bud Light. Fuck Anheuser Busch. Have a terrific day. <laughs> what a sad man. What a sad, sad little man. And I think I know why he's overcompensating. Because he can't shoot for shit. That's pretty fucking shitty aim. You know what? I am a woke feminist vegan. I shoot fucking better than that. <laughs> like, oh my fucking God. You know what? We should get this uh, We should uh, get this Dylan lady out. I bet she can shoot better than that. You could load yourself up like a Pez dispenser with ping pong balls and do more damage <laughs> than he did. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> just shooting out justice and feminism. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> oh my God. And aborted babies. Take that, Texas. <laughs> Take that, Florida High Court. Shooting dead fetuses from your chooch at a fucking cut in a fucking Bud Light. Wow, <laughs> oh, that's some fucking performance art. Oh, my God. You know what? That's so weird. <laughs> because speaking of letting your voice being heard, that's so weird. Because would you believe that's actually going to bring us... So the topic of this week. No. Would you believe? I hope so. What are the chances? In this week's episode, we look at the story of Canadian band Sons of Maxwell. Okay. (laughs) Who on March the 31st, 2008, began their week-long tour of Nebraska by hopping on a United Airlines flight. Sounds simple enough. Yep. Going on the road. Whilst in United's care, the guitar of lead singer Dave Carroll would be broken. What followed next was a year of one customer just trying to get his guitar fixed versus a system of indifference, unaccountability, designed to say no. It became much more than one man's repair claim and resulted in a $180 million outcome that no one saw coming. Not even Kid Rock, but he is blind AF, as it turns out. In this week's episode of Lost and Found, More Than They Bargained For. Or the folk fight, 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 fight. What about Uh, this machine kills airlines? uh, Now, okay, just to give you a bit of a backstory, Sons of Maxwell, they're a Canadian musical group. (laughs) Yes, Grandpa. (laughs) So already these are the underdogs. You're not expecting much fight out of these guys. I don't know, man. I wouldn't get into a fight with fucking Nickelback. Canadian folk. Oh, I would. If anyone needs to go on a fucking goat curry, it's fucking Nickelback. (laughs) Look at this photograph. (laughs) Straight in the mincer. (laughs) (sighs) So it's a musical group formed by two brothers, Don and Dave. Don and Dave Carroll. They're so Canadian. Who performed traditional Celtic folk music as well as original pop Slash folk slash country songs. Everything I don't want to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> the two brothers started their band, The Don and Dave Show. Oh, nice. Somebody hasn't had sex yet. In 1989, whilst going to Carlton University in Ottawa. 
1993, they renamed the band Sons of Maxwell in tribute to their deceased father. They're so wholesome. Again, we're clearly establishing them in this Disney movie as, you know, the sweet, lovely Canadians naming their band in honour of their deceased father. Oh, they're the little puppy dogs. Yeah, if they take a girl back to their hotel room to run a train on her, it's literally (laughs) to show her the train timetable so she knows how to get home safely. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Respect is important. Yeah. After the brothers graduated from college, they began full-time musical careers and the Sons of Maxwell toured all over Canada as well as some international tours, including one where they performed in China. Ooh. They won a competition, an exchange of artists. In 2002, they won the East Coast Music Award for Traditional Group of the Year and in 2006, the Recording of the Year. So okay. they weren't... Shit. Yeah, they, they sound legit. In their little subculture, they're, they're <laughs> top-notch. Hey. Yeah. At the end of March 2008, the Sons of Maxwell compete with two other bandmates embarked on a week-long tour of Nebraska. It began with a flight from United Airlines from Halifax to Omaha yep. via Chicago. Okay. Sounds simple enough. Mm-hmm. The plane... Touchdown in Chicago without incident. Always just one random fucker, like, clapping the pilot. (laughs) The band was located in the rear of the plane. So, of course, being very good Canadian boys, the band were sitting in their seats waiting to disembark. When the band heard a woman in the row behind them gasp loudly. Oh, dear. (gasps) My God! They're throwing guitars out there, eh? Oh, what? (laughs) The band all looked outside just in time for bass player Mike to see his guitar. As Dave Carroll describes, quote, Heaved without regard by the United Baggage Handlers. My $3,500 710 Taylor had been thrown before his, hey? (laughs) Dave Carroll immediately moved to the closest flight attendant and began to relay his dismay. Dave claims the flight attendant cut him off and said, <coughs> quote, Don't talk to me. Talk to the lead agent outside. Dave quickly moved to the female attendant outside, whom Dave, as she walked away, simply said, I'm not the lead agent. Well. Dave moved through to the gate where he found another flight attendant and relayed his dismay that the baggage handlers were throwing the band's expensive equipment about, to which the attendant simply told him, But hon, that's why we make you sign the waiver. (laughs) Dave stated that he had signed no such waiver and nothing excused the way his instruments were being handled. The attendant told Dave he would have to take it up with the ground crew in Omaha when he arrived. Oh, what? Yeah. In another city? Yes. Who didn't do it? Yes. Okay. So then the plane, they got on the next one, the plane arrived late into Omaha at 12.30am. And as he was instructed by the flight attendant, he went looking for the ground staff. But there were no ground staff to talk to because it was 12.30am. Yeah. 
<sighs> but picking up their luggage, the instrument cases looked intact, so the band collected their gear, went straight to their hotel and bed. They, that's when they were picked up first thing in the morning to begin their drive to their first venue for their first gig of the tour. Once they arrived at the site, the band opened their equipment cases for sound check and to Dave Carroll's horror, he discovered that the base of his Taylor guitar had been smashed. Oh, motherfucker. Right before a gig. No! <sighs> One week later, at the end of the tour, the band returned to the Omaha airport, this time finding ground stuff. Yeah. Dave reported what had happened. The staff informed Dave he would need to go to the airport he started the journey in, in Canada, to lodge a claim. So he got on the plane and flew back to Halifax in Canada. There, upon arrival in Halifax Airport, Dave was told by staff that United Airlines did not really have a presence in Canada. So there was no United Airlines ground staff. But Air Canada was their partner, so he would have to take up the issue with Air Canada. Okay. (sighs) Yep, it's frustrating. He's going to have to write a very angry ballad. (laughs) Air Canada gave Dave a telephone number to make his claim. You couldn't do it at the airport. You had to go home and phone them. Yep. So Dave went home and called the number. The person on the telephone told Dave he had to go back to the airport with his guitar to show staff the damage. Again. Yeah. To open a claim. Air Canada opened the claim but then denied the claim because they said they were not responsible for damage caused by United Airlines in Chicago. Dave was told if he wished to pursue it further, he would have to pursue it through United Airlines, which is what... He tried to do and they sent him to Canada. Yeah, and Dave Carroll then walks us through what happened next. Okay. I took the claim number and called United back, eh? They never seemed to be able to find the claim number on several subsequent phone calls, but at the last minute, it would always surface, eh? I spoke several times to what I believe were agents in India who ironically, were the most pleasant and seemed genuinely sorry for what had happened. Three or four months later, I got directed to the Chicago baggage offices of United and after several attempts to speak with someone, was told to simply bring in the guitar for inspection. (laughs) To Chicago. (laughs) From Halifax, Canada. When I explained that Halifax is far from Chicago, someone then said my claim needed to go through central baggage in New York. Oh, motherfucker. And gave me a toll-free number. Hey. There we go. I phoned the number and spoke to someone. She couldn't understand why someone in Chicago thought she would be able to help me, but she seemed to feel for me and asked me to fax her All the information, eh? I did, and a few weeks passed with no reply. I called back, and the lady said she'd never received the facts, eh? I think the baggage handlers handled your accent as well. (laughs) Then I asked her to look for it, and surprisingly, there it was. (laughs) 
When she found it, she asked me to give her a couple of days and to call back, eh? Finally, we're getting somewhere. Dave Carroll gave her two days and then called back and discovered that the phone number was now disconnected. Oh, fucking hell. So Dave had to start all <laughs> over again. Turns up there, they're putting on fake moustaches. <laughs> this isn't United Airlines, this is Fly United U-Lines. <laughs> Mexico, Marina. <laughs> Dave Carroll called the 1-800 number, which was answered again by a call centre in India. They claimed they could not find any mention of his claim and told Dave he would need to take the guitar to Chicago for inspection. (laughs) (sighs) Dave Carroll. Six months had gone by and the guitar had now been repaired for $1,200 to a state that it plays well but has lost much of what made it special. I spoke to a customer service manager in India who promised to forward a note to have someone in Chicago contact me. I received a letter about a month later from Chicago with no name or contact info saying someone would be contacting me about this, say. One month later. Oh, God. Dave received an email from Miss Elwig in Chicago telling him that his claim was denied. Oh, what? Oh, wait for it. Do you want to know the reasons why? Why they would claim deny this claim? Oh, he couldn't provide evidence? The reasons why included... He didn't report it to the ground staff when they landed in Omaha, even though there was no staff there to report it to (coughs) other than the three flight attendants whom he did report the incident to. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. They also claimed it was an Air Canada issue, even though the incident took place on a plane branded United Airlines with United Airlines branding and staff. Yeah. The other reason for denial was that Air Canada had denied the claim because they said United Airlines was United Airlines was responsible. And so it was also denied because no one in Chicago could see the damage, which now, six months later, had been repaired, even though Dave Carroll had numerous photos showing the damage. Yep. So now Nine months later, (laughs) Dave was now engaged in a back and forth of emails between himself and Miss Erwig. In exasperation, Dave Carable said that even like as a compromise, he offered that instead of a new guitar, the airline should at least give him the $1,200, which was the cost to repair the guitar. Yeah. Which he oh, he said to them, it didn't even have to be $1,200 in cash. He would be happy to take $1,200 in flight vouchers for United Airlines. Yeah. So it would cost them nothing. Yeah. Okay, they're, they're going to get out of this phrase. Miss Erwig denied this. Oh, my God. Dave Carroll asked to speak to her supervisor. <laughs> Instead, Dave received an email from Miss Erwerg saying that the United Airlines was accepting no responsibility and this was to be the last email on the subject. 
Nine months. Nine months. Nine months to get this point. Oh, I think we've all been here with like a company. You know, it's all like, use this email only on a Friday. That person's not here. Did you have this form? Did you show it here? Take it to Chicago. What the fuck? Yeah. Dave Carroll says, at that moment, it occurred to me that I had been fighting a losing battle all this time and that fighting over this at all was a waste of time. The system is designed to frustrate affected customers into giving up their claims. And United is very good at it. But, I mean, which we all know 100% is their gameplay. Yeah. Frustrate people enough. They will just, people will just be like, you know what? The $1,200 is not worth my sanity or my time. I'm just going to have to get on with life. Oh. But I realised then that as a songwriter and travelling musician, I wasn't without options. In my final reply to Miss Erwig, I told her that I would be writing three songs about United Airlines and my experience in the whole matter. I would then make these videos for these songs and offer them for free download on the YouTube and my own website. Inviting viewers to vote on their favorite United song. Dave Carroll received no response. Oh. I think this is the greatest acts, one of the greatest acts of revenge ever. Now, these songs particularly nasty, like I Wish It Was You in 9 11. <laughs> <laughs> No, it wasn't me like doing like my death metal like song to like origin energy. Your mothers are cunts. <laughs> my Al Qaeda. <laughs> That's kind of catchy to yeah. be honest. Damn my it. Al Qaeda. Oh, my little jet one. <laughs> when you're going to crash into the Pentagon. Oh, yeah, aim for Tower One. Tower One. <laughs> when you're going to give it up, 9 11. <laughs> Never going to stop till you, till you drop. <laughs> and if you listen very carefully, you can hear the moment that they got cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What, what what's gonna happen? Kid Rock is gonna like fail to shoot an effigy of us. <laughs> I got a potato with a beard and a woman with cats. <laughs> oh lord! So Dave sat down, and I think this is the difference between you know what you've got to find what is your unique set of skills because I don't care who you are and what you do. You don't have to be a musician. Everybody has their own unique set of skills. Yeah. And you have to think, what is it that I can do in this circumstance? So he used his unique set of skills. He sat down and began strumming his guitar. His broken, broken and repaired guitar. And in just a few hours, he had written a song which summed up his experience with United Airlines. That song was called United Breaks Guitars. (laughs) Ah, 
Dave then reached out to his friends in the music and film industry to record the song and produced a film clip. (laughs) Dave discovered that, quote, what I discovered early on is that I wasn't the only one that had had a problem. It turns out that every professional musician who's ever travelled enough has had an airline damage their instrument, so there was no shortage of people willing to help out. Dave was a volunteer firefighter. Of course he was. Of course he is. So the fire chief let Dave use the fire station's car park to film the video. Dave spent $150 buying three sombreros. Why? Three moustaches. Why? Some makeup. And he bought lunch. For everyone on set oh, that day. Oh, that's nice. I know. Like, could he be more lovely? I've worked on so many short films where you don't even get that. Dave Carroll then sent a message, bless him, to his 400 Facebook followers. Aww. Oh, bless. His 400 Facebook followers simply saying, quote, United broke my guitar. Please. Watch this video. We actually have a little snippet of United Breaks Guitars. I flew United Airlines on my way to Nebraska. The plane departed Halifax, connecting in Chicago's old air. It's got a nice voice. Yes. While on the ground, a passenger said from the seat behind me, My God, they're throwing guitars out there. The band and I exchanged a look, best described as terror, at the action on the tarmac, and knowing whose projectiles these would be. <laughs> It's catchy! So before I left Chicago, I alerted three employees who showed complete indifference towards me. Look, it's not Margaritaville, but it's good. (laughs) United, United, you broke my Taylor guitar. United. United breaks guitars. <laughs> Hell hath no fury. <laughs> like a Canadian score. <laughs> I'm going to write a very polite, very catchy song. Oh my God. That's the whole thing. So it's uh, there's another whole half of the song. Yeah. And it's exactly that. It is of him being so lovely Canadian <laughs> and polite about this whole thing. Even this one line, it goes on and it's like, oh, you know, United Airlines, you broke my guitar like you broke my heart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh my god and the, the film clips so you can tell it's obviously you know it's on like a low budget it's done oh. in an afternoon but it's fabulous so you know it's him he's playing his guitar while behind him two people dressed up as air baggage control people are literally throwing guitars around in the background yeah. there's a picture later on where he's like he's like slumped down with a towel around him Aww. while there's just a chalk outline of his broken guitar in front of him <laughs> And the um, the sombreros and the moustaches are for the three other band members who were there and they do like a little funeral for the guitar. Oh. But the whole song the entire time, it's just so polite and factual. But it's just like, look, this is – and it's literally him just like, I tried to offer – no. That's such wholesome vengeance. Such wholesome. I wish I could be this wholesome in I my know. vengeance. Yeah, no. Oh, he put the clip on YouTube on July the 6th, 2009 and went to bed. When he woke up. Probably with a glass of milk after <laughs> reading the Bible. Yes, his pyjamas tucked into his socks. Absolutely kisses his teddy bear goodnight. <laughs> Good night, Roosevelt. Puts in his retainer. <laughs> Puts the divider in the bed between him and his wife. (laughs) Justin Trudeau tucks him in. (laughs) As he does every Canadian. (laughs) Every Canadian. Every Canadian. (laughs) Oh, Lord. And he went to bed and dreamed of poutine. (laughs) Who doesn't? Oh, oh, yeah. When he woke up. Except I spell it poutine. (laughs) Poutine. When he woke up. That's different in Thailand. When he woke up. It had 300 hits. That's pretty good. By noon, 5,000 hits. That's better than anything I've ever released. And by dinner time, over 25,000 hits. Okay. By the end of the day, 150,000 views. (laughs) Within four days, the video had over 1 million views on YouTube. Okay. On a side note, as of today, it is the one original video... Yeah. has had over 22 million views on YouTube. Dave Carroll was inundated by request from news sites all around the world and Dave Carroll claims he received over 10,000 emails from people all around the world who had suffered a similar bad experience oh, wow. from the airlines. Yeah. In particular, from United Airlines. Oh, Wow. United Breaks Guitars became the world's number one video for one month. Wow. A guitar case company reached out to Dave Carroll and offered him an endorsement deal. Oh. Then Bob Taylor of Taylor Guitars. Beautiful guitars. Yeah. And he actually, he mentions in the song, you broke my Taylor guitar. Yeah. Um, then Bob Taylor of Taylor Guitars called Dave Carroll himself on the phone. Dave said, if you like Taylor Guitars, that's like God calling you on the telephone. Hey. They're a nice guitar. Dave was invited to come tour the Taylor factory in California. And after the tour, Bob Taylor himself offered Dave to take two guitars of his choice oh, as a gift. That's beautiful. Beautiful. See what manners get you. I know. On the other hand, 
It was a public relations disaster for United Airlines. I can just imagine that meeting where someone's laughing about that dickhead said he's going to write a song about us. <laughs> and when you see it hit 25,000 views in the first day, yeah. you'd be just going, oh, fuck. We should have just given him the $1,200 in vouchers. Here it comes. Fuck. Million views by the end of the week. Fuck. So it was a huge disaster, as was United Airlines' response in handling the video. <laughs> um, they had someone, a spokesperson for the airline, simply came out making a statement saying that the song was excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we liked it. Are you giving him his money? Fuck no. Are you addressing any of the issues? What? Oh, what about that's a real toe tapper, isn't it? Woo! Remember 9-11. <laughs> Within four weeks of the song's release, the Times newspaper of England did a story on the incident. At the drop of United Airlines stock by almost 10%. Oh, fuck. Seeing 180 million. Let me say that again. 180 million Dollars wiped from the stock's value. $180 million. $1,200 of vouchers. That's all he wanted. Yeah. That's all he wanted. And that's how you get them. You're going to hurt the CEO that's got stock options. Some people have later argued that the airlines, look, was having a bit of troubles before the song, but I think we can all agree it wasn't a positive stock result. No. Yeah. The airline... Now contacted Dave Carroll. Oh, what a shock. And offered him $1,200 cash. And $1,200 in flight vouchers. Let me guess. All he had to do was take the video down. Dave suggested the company take that money and donate it to charity. What? (laughs) He, he fucking upped the nice. He's like, when it comes to nice gears, he's like Fast and the Furious. He's like, hasn't he run out of nice gears? Yeah, just when you think he can't get any fucking nicer, bring in the puppy. <laughs> bring in charity. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Oh, oh he's just Gandhi, these oh, motherfuckers. Oh, my God. Not. Only will he come over and not fuck your wife, but he will not fuck your wife and leave a mint on your pillow. Yeah. <laughs> so I foster one goat. <laughs> so where do you think they're going to go from here? What do you think? Like, surely United Airlines going to be like, well, he's up in the niceness. Surely we've got to up the niceness. Yeah. Look, you're in for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> United Airlines in a, I'm going to figure, finger waggle, gesture of goodwill. Yeah. Donated $3,000. Oh, big deal. To the, oh, wait till you hear who they donated it to. Oh, God. The Theolonus Monk Institute of Jazz. The Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz. Yes. He played the fucking piano. Where's Montgomery with the guitarist? (laughs) It's just just giving someone 
$3,000 to the Theolonia's Monk Institute of Jazz to me seems worse than slapping somebody's mother. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, what? Look, to be fair, Thelonious Monk was a fucking genius. His jazz, his his jazz piano was fucking top shelf. Mm. Why are they dragging his fucking carcass into this? But you know what? Just the like, it's jazz. Just the idea of having an institute institute is contradictory to the whole like concept of jazz. You can't have an institute of jazz. Yes, you can. You can have a ski skat 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 no, of jazz. jazz. You can't have an institute. Yes, jazz is so fucking hard. But you have to no, study but, for years. No, but I'm saying jazz is all about breaking the rules. No, it's not. Institute is all about setting the rules. No, jazz is about incredible levels of theory and structure. Jazz is about doing coke and beep, bop, 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 skip, skip, doop, 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 doop. You're talking about Damn. homelessness. <laughs> You're talking about... That's called Okay. That's called jazz musicians. There's a lot of jazz musicians that live around the corner from me in the empty building, but scat, 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 skip it, do, do, do. Oh my god! You would just dab Callaway just then. I'm in the mucha. Dave Carroll, mm-hmm. complete with new Taylor guitar. Penned and released a second song and video on YouTube on August the 17th, 2009, entitled United Breaks Guitars, Song 2. <laughs> it doesn't even change the name. <laughs> song 2. Oh, my God. We will put uh, links of these up too on Facebook. Yeah. The song was number one on the iTunes music store within a week of being released and has reached two and a half million views on YouTube. (laughs) United Airlines now had a different approach. Oh, God. As one reporter found out after they tweeted, so this was their tweet, um, at United Airlines, breaks guitars, part duh. I think I like this one better. And then put a link to yep. the song. Yep. Okay. Nothing nothing fancy about that. Mm-hmm. Within an hour, that reporter received a direct message, a little bit of a DM from United Airlines. Oh, okay. Yep. So I'm trying to slip into my like DMs, United Airlines. <laughs> Creepy. Telling the person to check their email regarding the second video. That's menacing. So the gentleman went to his email and in a long, obviously copy and pasted email, Robert Uransky, the spokesperson for United Airlines, said, oh, straight away, get ready because you're going to you're going to cringe so bad. I'm setting my neck to cringe. Okay. Like, just how many millions of dollars they've got for, like, publicity. Oh, yeah. Marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is their response. This is their little DM. Okay. Yes, these videos have struck a chord with all of us here. They then, it sounds like they go about trying to make Mr. Carroll the polite Canadian giving money to charity guy, the bad guy in this. Okay. In recent statements on YouTube, Mr. Carroll described our baggage service receptive as a great employee who acted in the best interests of the company. Okay, I should have mentioned, 
Again, just when you think Dave Carroll couldn't be more lovely. Yeah. Obviously, after the songs, people started directing a lot of hate towards United Airlines. Yeah. Now, in the song, it goes on. He actually mentions Miss Erwig by name. Yeah. He was the one sending things. So, Miss Erwig started getting, like, a lot of hate mail. Yeah, I can imagine. So, Dave Carroll, being the lovely person that he was, actually made a public statement saying, oh, look, please don't direct personal hate towards Miss Erwig. Like, you know, she's just a person doing their job. Yeah. So, bless him. He couldn't even be more lovely. He yeah. was just trying to stop someone who had been shit to him yeah. from getting hate mail. He didn't have to do that. Ah. Oh. Uh, so, you know, saying she was blah, blah, working in the best interests of the company. And I could not agree more with that. He has made his point. I have since been in contact with him to fix and I am now his BFF. They did not write that. I swear to God. These are, these are the, this is the exact word for word what they put in the DM email. I'm his BFF. I am now his BFF. Oh, God. <laughs> The second video is suggesting we do something that we've already done, and that is to provide our agents with a better way to escalate and respond to special situations. Do you know why this is copy and pasted? Because it's so fucking hard to type with cloven hooves. (laughs) Hard work being Satan's cockstand. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's one goat that should be in a curry. Yep. Uh, oh, wait for it. They also then try to give him a little slide. Oh, really? Yeah. While his, I feel like, he, you know what? I've given him the wrong accent. I should give him the, what is that? You know, Palpatine from Star Wars. Palpatine. or uh, No, I quite like your angry 18th century railway industrialist <laughs> talking about the natives, you know? <laughs> I was going to give it the, while his antidotal experience is unfortunate, the fact is that 99% of our customers' bags are delivered on time and are fully operational. And fully operational <laughs> Death Star. <laughs> They are delivered on time and without incident, including instruments that belong to many (laughs) Grammy Award-winning musicians. We suggest he get an electric guitar for unlimited power. This is them having a shit at him because he's never won a Grammy. Like that's never going to be fucking circulated. Like what the? Fuck. Uh, Dude, have you won a fucking Grammy? Fuck. Imagine being the journalist getting that. Oh. And just going free lunch. What's the deal with airline food? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so tasty. Okay, I got it. I need to wet my whistle. Right. As you know, in our business, how we conduct ourselves is important. And we do understand that treating each other and our customers in a courteous and respectful manner is a vital part of running a good airline. Do you know how many guitars were on United 93, (laughs) which exploded when it hit the World Trade Center? So many. Did those people complain? No! 
They were incinerated on the spot, like true Americans. He <laughs> didn't complain that we had broke their building. <laughs> uh, now watch our stock plummet like the second tower. Uh, oh my god. But did I also mention he's never won a Grammy? <laughs> what a fucking weird flex. <laughs> so weird. Why would you listen to a song by someone that hasn't even won a Grammy? <laughs> That's such a Cruella Devile thing to say. <laughs> oh, I would, I would listen to it, but oh, it's a pity you didn't have a Grammy phone <laughs> to amplify it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh. Uh, By the way, country musicians go for the CMAs. Uh, there yeah, we go. There yeah. You go. Get it right if you're going to fucking. <laughs> He's won the Nova Scotia Man of the Year yeah. award, so suck it. Yeah, the, the Justin Trudeau tuck your shirt in award. Damn straight. This guy wouldn't be into it. Oh. In December, Time Magazine named United Breaks Guitars number seven on its list of the top ten viral videos of 2009. Oh, my God. Although it has since been described as one of, quote, one of the most important videos in Google's history. It was then revealed... That the Theolonious Monk Institute of Jazz Hands was mostly chaired by United Airline executives. Oh, you motherfuckers. Who used United Airlines exclusively for all of their corporate travel, so they gave $3,000 to themselves. Oh, like that wasn't going to come out in the wash. <sighs> So in March of 2010, Dave Carroll released United Breaks Guitars Song 3. Oh, they're already dead. Which has had 1.3 million views and dealt with a lot of the things addressed in United Airlines' bulk response, including their brag that only 1% of luggage was lost while travelling with United Airlines. After the incident... Dave Carroll found himself in great demand to come and talk on the subject of customer service. And Dave found himself touring the world, teaching the principles of good customer service. Someone with a sense of humour booked Dave Carroll to give a talk on customer service and booked him on a United Airlines flight to get there. Wait... United Airlines lost all of Dave Carroll's luggage. <laughs> oh, no. Oh my god. Can you imagine being the fucking person getting that call? And then fucking <sighs> shot it at him as he was trying to leave the rocket through oh, that fucking tunnel. Holy fuck. Oh. <sighs> In May of 2012, Dave Carroll published a book called United Breaks Guitars, The Power of One Voice in the Age of Social Media. Dave Carroll is still called on to give talks and so far has given talks in over 30 countries about oh. poor customer service. 
When asked in an interview on how much the incident changed his life, Dave responded by saying, I think it's changed everyone's, eh? <laughs> United Breaks Guitars was an early sign that in this new digital world, one customer can affect the profitability of the world's biggest brands on a budget of any, in my case, $150, eh? Companies now are listening much more closely than they ever did before. Consumers are feeling more empowered and every customer can have a voice, even if he or she can't sing. And I like to think he should have added, and if they don't have a Grammy. (laughs) On April the 9th, 2017. Good God, that's nearly 10 years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you think that's only six years ago. Yeah. United Breaks Guitars found itself trending again on Twitter after United Airlines deciding that they wanted to put four of their flight attendants on a sold-out flight, decided to forcibly remove four paying customers from the flight. What? When one passenger, an ER doctor. What? An ER Doctor. It's like they go looking for the best, goodest, most lovely human beings on the planet. An ER doctor said he could not miss the flight as he had patients to to attend to in hospital in the morning. So I can't get off this flight. Like there's literally people can die if I'm not on this flight. So United Airlines decided to then physically assault the doctor, knocking out two of his teeth and knocked him unconscious and then literally dragged his unconscious body off the plane. Fuck. We're going to do an episode on that later. Oh, my God. So two days later, after dragging an unconscious ER doctor from their plane, Dave Carroll was interviewed for his thoughts on the matter to which he expressed he believed the culture in United Airlines was lacking compassion it's not fucking easy to make me side with the saudi holding a box cutter Mm -hmm. but here we are wait for it oh god so on the video okay this youtube was uh, there was this comment was posted two months ago Two months ago. Two months ago, February of 2023. Yep. So it looks like, oh, United Airlines has been like, oh, you know what? Maybe we should stop breaking guitars, you know, even if they're for Grammy Award winners or not. Yeah. Turns out, you know what's their new favourite thing to break on flights? Doctor's teeth. Disability equipment. Oh, no. Elliot Soderblom has said on the on the United Breaks Guitars clips, I just need to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for this song. United Airlines broke my $5,000 wheelchair this summer and I finally just raised enough money to replace it. I have never in my life met a more heartless and indifferent group of people. I'm flying again this week with my new wheelchair and I'm absolutely terrified after what they did to me And my service dog. Oh, no. So thank you for this song. I'm going to play this on a continuous loop during my trip to hopefully ease my nerves a bit. That was the first and last time I will ever fly United Airline. 
even though this video, they seem to be confused. They think it was only six years old. Obviously, by this stage, it's like 13 years old. Yeah. Um, I know it's, 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 it's old and it's about a guitar and not a wheelchair. It still made me feel so much better. I needed this. And it seems from the following comments that United still breaks guitars and hearts. Oh, man. So many comments from people having their disability equipment. Oh, no. Walkers, wheelchairs, support frames. All being broken on United Airlines flights. And then United Airlines basically making so, uh, you know, people on a disability, on a disability pension, making them go through the same hurdles that Dave Carroll went through. So basically making it impossible for these people to get any kind of compensation for the damage and for United to take any responsibility whatsoever. But United continues to fly. How shit is that? God. I know. Part of me is like, oh, my God, we should have reached out to any other airline and be like, do you want to sponsor this episode? (laughs) But so while we were researching this, I actually came in the more information of the uh, of the doctor. There's a whole other sort of few bits of what we'll do at a later stage um, about United Airlines. So, yeah, it turns out if you're a musician or an ER doctor or if you or if you have a disability or any kind of hope or compassion. Maybe this is not the airline for you. America is so completely fucking broken. Absolutely. Like, where's the consumer protection? None. Just where? None. Like, where is someone saying that, do you know what I mean? Like, this complication for, like, for people to be able to put in a complaint and be, like, raise an issue of, like, you know what? You smashed my $5,000 wheelchair. Yeah. You know, when it comes to something like a wheelchair... Even if you're like, oh, I'm not sure where a hundred, it's a wheelchair. Give that person the money for the wheelchair. Yeah. Fix a damn wheelchair. Fix the fucking wheelchair. We're not talking about like a $5,000 like tassel on Kim Kardashian's purse. We're talking about a person's wheelchair. And it was so sad. It was just comment after comment of people like all having that same experience. And her service dog. I wanted to email and be like, my God, what did they do to the service dog? Apart from mentioning the fact that it never won a Grammy. You've got to wonder what they were doing to the baggage handlers. Because people who enjoy their job don't do things like that. Don't smash things up. Yeah, don't see a guitar case and see their own dreams in front of them and go, well, fuck you. Yeah. And smash a guitar. Yeah. And, you know, there are people out there who are probably saying, well, you fix the guitar, what's the problem? They never sound the same. No, and he actually said that. Yeah. So, like, you know, it got to the, the guitar would play, yeah. but it didn't have that special sound. As soon as you introduce glue, that's the end of it. Yeah. All the timbre in the wood goes. Yeah, every, you know, I mean, you know, like guitars are guitars, but mm. every instrument has its unique sound. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Um, but just, oh my God. And again, at the end of the day, like, you know, you're a baggage handler, you know, uh, United Airlines is treating you like shit. They don't give you holidays. Um, you know, they put you on temporary stuff. You know what? We understand it, but you know what? Don't take it out on our equipment. Don't break our equipment. Break their fucking equipment. Yeah. You know, break the Theolonic Monk Institute of Jazz. Thelonious Monk. (laughs) And there are institutes. Where's his Grammy? You can't have an 
Institute of Jazz. I'm just, I'm sorry. Oh my God. I'm sorry. That just, it's just by nature. Jazz is free. All right. Jazz is, jazz is a wild horse. Did it scatter? Boop, boop, boop. No. Yeah. No. Jazz, jazz is actually very buttoned down. There's a lot of theory. It's crack cocaine. That's what it is. It's crack cocaine. Sorry to all the jazz listeners out there. Oh, whatever. Where's your Grammy? (laughs) (laughs) Robbie, you do write a song about it. (coughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Actually, that'd be great. Write a song about us. (laughs) Put it on YouTube. We want to get famous. Uh, uh, Spork, we're going to get cancelled. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, no. Cancellation's great for you. Oh, yeah. We can be the new Bud Light. Yeah, exactly. Of, like, podcasts. Woo! Yeah. Why do you think they do that shit, you dumb fucking rednecks? Because people have started drinking the beer again. That's why. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was going to say, like, honestly, I wanted to, like, I was, I almost bought, like, some Bud Light. Yeah. You know, just to be like, nah, fuck it. Yeah, fuck you. But then you remember that American beer is terrible. I know. Oh, my God. Have you seen the latest one? There was a guy in America who was... Jack Daniels did, they did a thing online for, and it was Pride Month. Yeah. And basically it was showing three drag queens standing around. They were like, oh, yeah, let's make some cocktails. Yeah. And, and one of the drag queens is like, oh, have you, oh, let's try it with like Jack Daniels. Yeah, because like, drag queens drink too much bourbon and punch their wives too. It was so, it was this simple like little like online. Yeah. You know, just like, oh, for Pride Month. Yeah. So this. Fucking idiot. Okay. Has filmed himself like coming out of his like, you know, trailer home. Yeah. And it's like him taking all of his collectibles that he's obviously spent his whole life like collecting. Oh, no. Okay. Like he's got the Jack Daniels beer mirror and the Jack Daniels dartboard and the Jack Daniels beer mats, you know, and all this stuff. He's got the drum set, the, the fucking cooler box. Exactly. And this guy has, you know, you know he's only on $3.50 an hour. Like it's taken yeah. him a long time to afford this stuff. And this yeah. was obviously the pride of his little man cave. Yeah. So he takes it all out into the back to like his little like self-made fire pit, you know, inside like a car tire. And then brings out two bottles of Jack Daniels. And he's like, yeah, here are two of the most expensive bottles of alcohol in the world. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, this one costs like $100. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, wait. Okay. Um, (laughs) So he's got like one cost $100 and one cost $150. He then pours that Jack Daniels like onto his like collectibles. Yeah. And like goes to be like, I'm going to set it on fire. Except it just, the flame just sort of goes, oof. Yeah. (laughs) You're just like, oh. You're literally hurting nobody but yourself there, mate. Nobody. Like, you clearly love the taste of Jack Daniels. Yeah. You clearly have a lifetime of experience. Who cares if a drag queen also has a Jack Daniels cocktail? Yeah. It's insane. The people that make their personality a certain alcohol brand are fucking weird. I mean, don't get me wrong, Jim Beam, fucking, <laughs> fucking delicious, and I'll defend that shit all day. When that factory was on fire, I would have went running in to save barrels. <laughs> save the babies! Like, but, oh my God. And do you know what? I'm aware of the fact that there's a lot of, you know, shall we say, unwoke, you know, fucking yeah. rednecks drinking Jim Beam. And you know what? Fucking good and good on to you, mate. Doesn't bother me. They deserve liver cancer too. Exactly. Yeah. You know, do your thing and, you know, knit your little KKK uniforms while you enjoy your Jim Beam and Coke. Whatever you're doing. Yeah. That's your choice. It's not going to stop me drinking Jim Beam. Yeah. 
Oh, my God. But for the Kid Rocks and the <sighs> the trailer park, Jack Daniels aficionados, just, mm. you know what? Go to a fucking drag show. Have them read you a book. Go to a fucking underground comedy show. Yeah. Just fucking broaden your horizons a little bit. Yeah. Hang out with some fucking cool people. Yeah, exactly. Get, you know, some of them would be dickheads. Yeah. They will, so just don't hang out with them again. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to respect their opinion. Not that guy in the trailer park. <laughs> Where's his Grammy? <laughs> his Grammy by his grandmother. <laughs> his Grammy and his wife. <laughs> same woman. Also in the fire pit. Yep. Oh. Oh, making a murderer. But just on that note, just remember that uh, the Mothman um, is a gentleman and he is a Canadian and real Mothman. Eat the carpet. There's no no in necrophilia and the customer is always right. (laughs) Even if it needs a shovel.